15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. But this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 458. I am your host, David C. Robertson. Yeah. It's a lot of episodes, man. <laughs> it is. Yeah, man. Um, I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my temporary guest coast, guest coast host, guest co-host. I'm the, I'm the coast with the most. Uh, Matt Carroll of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. What's up, buddy? Yeah, not much, man. Just happy to be here. Happy to be, be, be around talking some DC today. Yeah, man. All right. So, uh, for those of you wondering, here's what happened. Uh, what had happened was. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Jason and I already recorded this episode and, um, as he was exporting his version of the audio or his, his audio, his computer completely crashed like, and it won't come back on. So the power supply is pretty much dead. Mm. And, um, he doesn't know exactly what's happening with that. And, um, or even if that audio saved, we suspect it might have, but we wanted to go ahead and get this out to you. So I asked Matt to, uh, very short notice to come over and uh and do a quick episode luckily and, uh, he was luckily the nice script was saved that. so i've got the entire uh i've got i'll just say all of jason's parts <laughs> i'll just read there was read, no script read the direct transcript of, of you guys conversation no <laughs> i think any of our don't, regular listeners don't tell them that, i think man. it's movie magic <laughs> No, man. I think any regular listener to this show knows that we don't have a script. <laughs> All right. <coughs> well, Just wild I'll, meandering. I'll, I'll agree, but only because the script tells me to. <laughs> right. That's the spirit. <laughs> but seriously, thank you for being on. And uh, and uh, absolutely, absolutely. Anything, filling anytime the to talk about this and to spread the word of the MCU cast. Go check out the MCU cast. MCUcast dot com. Right. Sorry, continue. I'm just going to do that every uh, every 30 or 40 minutes. <laughs> MCUcast.com. How like long a, do you think this is going to be? I don't know. Ah, you'll get it every you'll get three or four times. Yeah, I'm hoping to get two um, or three of those. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, uh, yeah, so I'm still sick, so I sound phlegmy and weird and awful, and I apologize for that. For that. Um, and just a reminder, though, if you do enjoy our show and want it to continue, because... That's how we're that's how we're doing this now. We're we're threatening to quit the show apparently. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you love the show and you want want it to continue, uh absolutely please go and throw us a positive review on iTunes. It is rumored that positive views uh sorry, reviews help the rankings 
um, in iTunes. Yeah. So that, if you'd like to, rumored. yeah, that is rumored. I, I can't and find a confirmation of it. If you want to support the show, just go over to patreoncom slash cast. No, and, uh, no. Leave a few dollars to support the DC on screen podcasts. <laughs> yeah, you know we we need to actually get a Patreon up and running. Yeah, you do, man. Keep, I mean, we uh, keep thinking it, about it. We we've had ours for a few months, and you know. We're not we're not uh, we're not making out like gangbusters or anything, but we're uh, we at least have been able to like uh, buy a new mic stand so that we could stop. We were literally we were like using a purse to counterweight <laughs> the mic stand so that it would like stay balanced. Um, I know, I remember. So <laughs> that was for like years. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so you know, the Patreon has been very helpful. And, uh, you know, we just, we don't really have a budget to make this show uh, or make the show that we make over on over on MCU Cast. Right. So it's it's all about you know support of the fans. So it's awesome. Absolutely. You know, also you know, uh, also helpful shares on Facebook, retweets on Twitter. Yeah. DC on screen. Find us. You know. Uh, the more you share, the more the algorithm likes it and puts us in front of people's faces. So, you know, there's there's lots of ways you can support us. Yeah, support the DC On Screen Podcast, yo. Patreon.com slash MCUcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry. That's an, that's that's very much just straight an old joke from... Uh, it's very similar to a joke they did on the Nerdist Podcast for years. You, you listen to the Nerdist Podcast at all? Um, I'm aware of it, but I, I don't listen to it now. Yeah, I never was. It's it's funny because I never was a huge fan of the podcast, but I was a. They they have a lot of people on there that I like, so I've listened to a lot yeah. of episodes over the years, and I've eventually kind of got to like the guys. Okay, um, but uh, got to where they were kind of uh, you know got to know them well enough that it was it was sort of fun to just listen to them. Um, but one of the guys would always <laughs> say uh, he'd say whatever promo code, and then he would say. Uh, just go to whatever slash WTF. <laughs> he was always promoting. Uh-huh. He was always promoting Mark Marin's promo codes instead of their own. <laughs> That's funny. And it made me laugh a lot. And Chris Hardwick would just get get a, get fake annoyed, but you could kind of tell there was real annoyance there because, like, that's how they actually support their show is like promo codes going <laughs> uh-huh. to the websites. And every time, yeah. uh, I think yeah. it was like Matt Myra would be like, "Go to <laughs> you know uh, whatever." Uh, blueapron.com slash WTF. <laughs> wow. It was good. Good good times. Yeah, I think I started listening to one of their episodes because, and this has happened on numerous podcasts where um, I will get really excited and start to listen to an episode uh, because um, the guest is Scott Adams, uh, the creator of Dilbert, and, yeah. um, and a really brilliant writer in his own, you know, in his own right, aside from comic strips. And uh, really uh, pretty insightful guy, interesting guy to listen to. And then um, it turns out to be Adam Scott <laughs> from like Parks and Rec or whatever. Yeah. And I love that. I just show. angrily stopped listening to the whatever it is. It's funny. It it's probably like, oh, like, it's not him. It probably sours you on Adam Scott, and I think Adam Scott's great. Yeah, he's he's great, but it's just not what I was looking for. Yeah, <laughs> I, hear, I hear you. Anyway. So let's dig into some DC, man. Tell tell me tell me what's yeah. up. I'm here to I'm here to um, I'm at the I'm at the feet of the the teacher to learn all of the DC things. <laughs> okay. Thanks for making it weird, man. Feet of the teacher. <laughs> all right. So, uh first and foremost, uh Warner Brothers tapped Walter Hamada to oversee their superhero films division. 
this is from uh, an article in Variety. Um, Hamada previously served uh, for like a decade uh, as produ- as uh, production executive at New Line, and um, man, over <laughs> he has, as the article says, shepherded such horror hits as It, The Gallows, The Conjuring, to cinemas. And um, he does have a pretty close relationship with uh, director James Wan, who is uh, doing Aquaman right now. And um, like just some of the some of the stuff that he's brought in, and this is this is very good news as far as I'm concerned. Like this is one of those things where like I feel like Warner Brothers really needs uh, to uh, sharpen themselves. Like The Gallows was a budget of a hundred thousand dollars. The box office forty three uh, million. The Conjuring twenty million budget. Three hundred nineteen point five million on the box office. Annabelle, sorry, Annabelle creation. Uh, the budget was fifteen million. The box office was three hundred six point five. It. The budget was thirty five million. The box office was, was six hundred ninety eight point eight million. Those are all Bloomhouse films, correct? I think those were what Blumhouse, Bloomhouse, Blum, Blum, Bloom. I don't know. Uh, you do you know about Blumhouse Productions? Um, not off the top of my head, no. They, I don't they, follow like they got, horror films. Yeah, it's, they're they're very much into horror, is. very much in the horror uh-huh. genre. They've recently done some other other genres, but uh, their their whole model is based around the idea, and I think it's genius. Um, so uh-huh. so as of the last like ten years, Hollywood kind of stopped making low budget films. They just yeah. kind of if it doesn't if it doesn't cost more than like eighty million, they just don't make it. Which is just insane. Uh-huh. Um, they're like, you can't make money on a low budget. Like, what are you talking about? Of course you can. Um, so, so anyway, Blumhouse came in. Uh, I forget the guy's name. Something Blum, and uh, he and he 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 uh, he, he came up with the um, oh, the one that they're in the woods. What's the one where they're in the woods and they think it's real? Blair Witch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe he he did that, and he also did the paranormal activity movies. Like basically, he he mm-hmm. came in and started giving these like micro budgets, like fifteen thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars, forty thousand dollars, which is in in Hollywood a micro budget, um, to right. fil- to filmmakers who had a, had a good idea. Basically, he, yeah. and what what he did is Blumhouse would just make like a ton of bad movies and have one mm-hmm. hit like every hundred. <laughs> and so so they started doing that and then uh they also just don't pay their actors or directors very much instead of paying them mm-hmm. a lot of money on the front end they give them um residuals so basically everyone right. is motivated to make the movie good because everyone's getting paid based on how it does um so yeah. it, it, it's really interesting uh he basically he's made a lot of the cheapest movies in in decades, and he's also had some of the biggest hits in decades as well, with a lot of yeah. most mostly horror. But he's he's he started to get into documentaries and stuff too. I wanna I wanna say like the Big Short might have been one of his. Um, I don't which know. Is like, the, I looked up I looked up Blumhouse here, um, and it looks like Split was one of those. Yes, uh, get yes, out, it was. Paranormal yeah. Activity, Sinister, Insidious, The Visit, uh, Happy Death Day. Uh, the Gallows was one of those, but I'm not seeing The Conjuring. Um, I'm not seeing Annabelle or uh, It. Oh, okay. Definitely not. Um, I th- so I thought, I, like this, these sorry, were like I, I, new I specifically line, thought though. The Conjuring was, so that may just be straight up wrong. But uh, yeah, but yeah, that that what I was gonna say is that whole horror making low budget horror movies that make a lot of money is like a Blumhouse thing, and that's so you were saying right. that, and I just. Still think it's very interesting. I've I've listened and heard, read a lot about Blumhouse. And it's a very interesting production company. 
Yeah, but you know, I feel like it's good. It's a good thing because that's what they, uh, under his tutelage, under his uh, reign over a new line, that's what they were focusing on is like small budget that winds up, you know, hitting on all cylinders. And yeah. uh, Toby Emmerich, the um, well, we'll get into what he is actually in a second, but. Uh, as of this news, the president and chief content officer at Warner Brothers um, said Walter Hamada is creative, resourceful, and committed to an, uh, sorry committed to excellence, and will bring those qualities to his oversight of our superhero films. I'm confident Walter and Jeff, that's Jeff Johns, so we have some now working knowledge of what will happen with Jeff Johns. Um, working with our filmmaker partners, we'll de- we'll deliver films that will resonate with both broad global audiences as well as DC fanboys and fangirls. Um, and of course everybody, everybody who follows us and, and, and all these other shows, uh, like Squadcast and Holy Batcast and, and, you know, people who follow this stuff in general know that, uh, justice league is probably not going to break seven mil, 700 mil, uh, worldwide. Um, it's not quite a flop, but it's not good either. Yeah. Especially with the, with a bloated budget of 300 million, um, sure. I mean, it, it, and then just the, the, the pedigree of those characters to not do better. Well, is, it's is also sad. a really weird time of year. And we've talked about that as well on the show and like to, to be stuck between Ragnarok and, and, uh, Star Wars, the last Jedi, and then also have like other, uh, big films that like were not like necessary. like we knew Coco was going to be a big film, but freaking wonder, we didn't know that was going to be as big as it was. Yeah. Um, so it was, a, it was a weird time of year anyway, and they didn't want to push it back. Um, Sushihara and um, Emmerich didn't want to push it back in case the AT&T merger wound up uh, getting them shuffled off into the darkness and they didn't have they didn't get their bonuses in case, you know, Justice League was a hit. There's, there's a lot of stuff uh, with that going on. But it looks like, you know, John Berg has left. Um, Jeff Johns is still around. He's not, like, it doesn't look like he's in the executive producer role that he once was, but he's still, like, head of creative um so that's fine he's still going to be around and um but you know news broke today though that toby uh emmerich is now has now been promoted to the chairman of the uh, of the studio like he's going to be running warner brothers studio now wow and now the good part of this is that that means kevin sujihara chairman and ceo of warner brothers is going to be pulling back like he's not going to have day-to-day oversight anymore Emmerich is coming in, and this was uh, reported by Sharon Waxman and Matt Donnelly over on the Wrap. Um, but yeah, like Emmerich will have like green light authority, and that's confirmed. He's going to have decision making power to put the movies into production, and I think a lot of that is because of of it and hmm. uh, a couple of these other like same 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 uh, th- deal here with Annabelle Creation and all that stuff, the Conjuring movies. Um, I think he's he's gotten himself a lot of. Uh, a lot of status here, and it's interesting I, I would, where they're doing so much with uh, so many uh, these people. Uh, that's Walter and this second person both came from the world of horror to come over to the DC films. I think that's interesting. Well, I don't, I think it's kind of perfect in a lot of ways, not necessarily in tone. I mean, I don't know if you're the guy that does that did uh, Annabelle Creation, uh, David Samberg. No, the, the, he's the director of Shazam. Okay. He also directed uh, Annabelle Creation. Okay, and he's a horror guy. Right. But he's doing like this, like really like poppy light superhero Shazam, who's a kid who you know gets right. uh, you know powers from the wizard Shazam and becomes Captain Marvel. Though they won't call him that. Um, dude, he is hilarious. 
Like his, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like his, um, his Instagram account, his Twitter account. I'll talk a little bit about this, that in this episode, but it's been ongoing for months. Like where he's just, he's hilarious. He just puts like really funny stuff into his Instagram accounts. Um, he seems to have a really good take on, on at least the tone of, uh, that kind of character. Um, so I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I think it's interesting that they're pushing towards directors who know how to kind of pull the best out of, um, a very niche, uh, genre film and make it have wide stream, uh, wide, uh, appeal. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Which is what he's done with horror movies. Like I've, I haven't seen horror movies do that kind of box office in a while. Yeah, like, I know. I wonder. The, the the thing that scares me about that, and I, you know, I was just talking about all the Blumhouse stuff. A lot of their philosophy is to make cheap movies, uh, and I don't know that this. The, I don't know if this is the case with New Line. I just was reading an article about New Line, how they were uh, doing similar stuff to Blum, but a lot of their philosophy is to make a lot of movies and see what sticks, kind of thing. Right. And I would hate. I don't want to see that. <laughs> like, uh, I, yeah, I like that. Which I don't these, feel like some of these directors be able to make good stuff out of not known properties or whatever. Um, I don't feel like that's what they've done with um, with New Line. Right. I feel like they've kind of looked at the ones that worked and went, "Let's see what, what let's like build on this." Um, but you know, it might fall apart. Who knows? Now, uh, Susan Kroll, though, she's stepping down, and she's been with the company for twenty years. Um, she's going to a production deal of some sort, but yeah, it's, this is just real weird, man. And I'm glad for Kevin Sujihara not to have the kind of authority he did have, or I'm guess I'm glad that he, I mean, he still has the authority. I'm just glad he's stepping away because this is the cat that, you know, ordered justice league at a two hour time ordered just uh dawn of justice two two and a half hours instead of the three hour ultimate edition. It's, cut. it's just, it's just it's, for me, it's like, it's not even that. It doesn't have to have to do about making that order. It's just when he made that order. Like I could, abs- yeah. I could even get behind. Like if someone came out, came to a director and said, "Before we start making this film, before you script it, I want you to know it's going to be a two-hour movie." Uh-huh. Um, that could be an actually really refreshing thing because movies over the since the Lord of the Rings have gotten longer and longer, whether they need to be or not. You know. And I could see mm-hmm. like having success with like let's make a fun under two hours uh, adventure story with a superhero. Uh, but the fact that they kept changing things on the on the creative team and not letting them you know not letting them succeed with the with the parameters originally given it just it's crazy mm-hmm. crazy crazy yeah well you know they they like to keep up the idea that they're a director driven studio but they're not sure <laughs> don't don't they all they say they are all. I mean yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Blair Rich is um, becoming the pres uh, becoming the president of Worldwide Marketing. Um, he's reporting directly to Emmerich. Uh, Ron Sanders, who was the head of home entertainment, has now become the president of Worldwide Distribution. Um, reporting to both Emmerich and Sujihara. Um, and they're doing all this because th- this big AT and T merge Warner Brothers merger, which of course the uh, the Department of Justice is trying to stop. They're saying it'll never happen, and it's going back and forth. Um, you know, that's going to be annoying. <laughs> like, all of that. They don't know what's going to happen, basically. Um, so this might all just change in the number of months, just a few months. Right. Yeah. yeah. All these all these industry shakeups. I don't know who these people are. And I don't even fully understand yeah, their positions. Uh, I do like I the either. fact that there's some shifting <laughs> going on over there, because I just, you know, you know how I feel. <clears throat> 
You know yeah. how I feel. Uh, I, I think that DC could just be doing a better job, and I want them to. I want DC to do so well. Every time a new one comes out, I want it to be great. And I, I think, think at they... this juncture, most of us have a great deal of frustration with how things have played out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't think there's... Yeah, I don't think I no, I don't think anyone's happy. <laughs> Anyone that knows what's going on really or like is informed. And that's that's actually part of the problem is like they're kind of part part of the issue is that they're they're letting all this stuff uh seep into the news so much. Like if I mean and I the it's a mustache mustache gate for instance. Um yeah. Like I I I would have been bothered by it regardless. You know, yeah. Uh, but there are people out there who would not have been bothered by the mustache if they didn't know. I knew it. people who didn't notice it. Exactly, yeah. like people that didn't know it might not have noticed. And the fact that so many of us knew going in that there's we're we're, we're to look for this mustache thing. See, I, I don't I don't follow the DC news nearly as closely, and um, I had forgotten about the mustache. And I just saw that first scene, and I was like, "What is going on with his mouth? Why does sure." Why is it? Why does he look like a, a cartoon character when it's an? A, I know that's an actor. <laughs> it's like, why did they draw him? <laughs> sort of like yeah. And then, then I remembered. I was like, oh yeah, the mustache. So, yeah. so it was definitely noticeable, even if you weren't looking for it. If if you got if you got any kind of eye for that kind of stuff, and and I'm not saying I even have the greatest eye, but um, you know, it it just sucks that so many people that may may have been able to experience it without noticing it. Because they have that, they're wearing all that on their, on the on the news feed that we all know about everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bummer. But uh, Sushihara says in the statement, we need to constantly adapt our operations to stay ahead of the changes uh, while preserving our creative excellence. Bringing together film and home entertainment, marketing and distribution will allow us to tr- strategically manage film titles through their entire life cycle. I like that idea. That's interesting. Uh, we'll be able to respond to consumer demand while still creating unique theatrical and home entertainment experiences and provide increased benefits to our filmmaking exhibition and retail partners. Wow. That was boring. Um, so yeah, uh, maybe, uh, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this is uh, a sign of, of things, good things to come. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I, like I said, any kind of shakeup over there is probably a good thing right now. Um, just fingers just, crossed. I just, I just wish they would. I just wish they would make decisions a little further out, like, and then let those decisions lie and not be so responsive to how the last movie did or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I just want it to yeah. go better. Which I think they're doing that I, to some degree. Like, you know, they they just they they they're like, yep, Wonder Woman two is coming out. We're doing Flashpoint. We're doing. You know, Suicide Squad two. They're you know, they're, right? Been yeah, like, it's just that nope, we're still going forward. It's just that at this point they're like the studio that cried wolf. I feel like I've heard about like twenty or thirty different films that they've discussed or have kind of announced, sort of announced, or we're in talks to do this one. We're do, we're <laughs> looking at this one, well, and I'm just like, ah, I just, yeah. I just need you to make also, make some good movies. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, so we're all hoping for man. Yeah. All right, so uh, the Amazon of Germany has uh, Justice League uh, listed in a variety of formats, and there is a there is a version that's 135 minutes long. So that looks like we will be getting an extended cut of some sort. You know, a lot of people have been wanting wanting the, the extended cut, but it's probably not going to be the uh, Snyder cut that ever uh, that all these protesters and <laughs> whoever wants um, the people with the petitions. Um, 
because this would put it at two hours and 15 minutes. Theatrical version was two hours. It's probably going to be an extended Joss Whedon, Zack Snyder version. Um, from right before they said it's, it can only be two hours. Uh, they have released the, uh, the date for the digital release. It's going to be January 30th on iTunes and, and I would, I would assume, uh, Amazon. Hmm. So now we can have truly HD comparisons of Cavill's bad mustache CGI <laughs> for Facebook. Do you think for they'll our do Facebook any, news feed. Do you think they'll do any work on that for the DVD release? I don't think so. Oh, just seems like you don't want people at home. Like you get you get all these people on the internet now. Once you get a DVD release or whatever, they can easily take that footage and manipulate it and mm-hmm. throw it online and talk about it and show it. And it's just like yeah. Uh, you just don't want to do that. Like, spend a couple months, like, give somebody a budget to fix that stuff. That's what I would say, but, you know, I'll, if they are doing it, uh, like, they had um, a few, a couple months ago, shortly after the movie was released, um, there was an AMA or something where a, um, it was something on Reddit where this guy was saying that he, he worked on, on Justice League or whatever to some degree, and he, uh, you know, unequivocally said no there was not going to be any new uh, resh- uh any new work on on the CGI um but he seemed burned and annoyed by all of it so you know who sure. knows they might look at the backlash and be like hey mess you know mess with it guys fingers right. crossed on that um so uh a new website is uh, has sprung up it's called forcesnydercut.org <laughs> and um <laughs> It's this, uh, I think her name's Fiona Zhang, maybe? Zhang? Something. She, uh, has been, has talked to some length with Zack Snyder. She's really trying hard to get this Snyder cut released. And, um, now, you know, I looked at, at the website, um, a few days ago. They were saying it's, oh, a little over five days. And now I went back today and it's like six days and some change. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't know. Maybe, the, maybe the site happens. Maybe it doesn't. Um, I don't know what they're planning on doing. Sure. Like there was, there's a YouTube, uh, a person that's on YouTube. It goes by it's Mo I T Z M O E. And they started, uh, they tried to start a, uh, a protest, you know, they were going to protest outside of Warner brothers. And, uh, in their headlines, they were like, Oh, plan. They're planning Snyder. People are planning a huge protest. And, uh, well, this person to their credit though said, you know, don't bring any signs. I have the hashtag release the Snyder cut sign. And that's the only sign we're going to put in the photo. Um, that's the only sign we want. Don't bring any shirts or signs insulting WB or Joss or anybody. It won't be allowed in the photo, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, I looked up, I, I woke up one day and I had a notification cause you know, I work nights and I woke up about noon and looked down and I saw that there was a, uh, uh, an update from heroic Hollywood. And they're like, Hey, check out the protest for the Zack Snyder thing. And I clicked on it and it was 13 people. <laughs> that's no good. That's a, yep. that's a little tiny, that's a <laughs> tiny protest. I just think that in, in today's world with all the things going on, no matter how you feel about, uh, the, all the stuff going on in the world, all the politics and things, I feel like it, it's really hard to get people out to go like protest anything about a movie. As yeah. much as we all care, we're all kind of keyboard warriors about this stuff, and we all do care. And <laughs> we'd all like, I'd, I'd like to see a Snyder cut, sure, just to be just out of interest. If if not, because I think it'd be better. Yeah, I'd just like to know the difference. Uh, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go and protest. <laughs> yeah. I just feel, you know, I'd feel stupid protesting 
for something so trivial. Yeah. I, you know, it's not trivial to Snyder, I'm sure, but, you know, at the same time, I, I personally, and I've said this on the show before, I personally don't feel like, uh, we'll ever get that Snyder vision because I feel like the vision was corrupted when BVS, uh, tanked critically. I feel like they went and changed yeah, his vision. For sure. He was, you know, prepping for the movie then. Oh, yeah. And, um, and then now he's got, purportedly, he has this cut that Jason is sure doesn't exist, but I'm pretty sure it does. <laughs> um, the, um, they showed something um, to people. There's some sort of yeah. cut that they showed, and they were like, ooh, we need to fix this. We don't know what, what point, how, how far along they were in it. Um, yeah. Well, we know that, you know, and, you know, Rich, uh, Richard, I think his name is Richard Citrone, the, the, the stunt guy for Batman, you know? He says there's a cut and this got like mostly done VFX and mostly done, you know, uh, music by junkie XL. But the important thing to remember though, is that it was like, it was, it was just, uh, it was a first draft. It was, you know, it was a cut that he showed to the executives before reshoots. He was about to go do reshoots himself when his, you know, it was still wasn't his final daughter. Yeah. So it's never going to be his final vision. It was, it's, you know, that's the right. way I feel about it. And if Zach wants to put it out, I, I support it. Uh, and I will watch it. And knowing me, I'll probably enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that suits Warner Brothers at this point. Like, I think it suits them to put the movie out and see what happens on Blu-ray and DVD. Because I feel like Justice League is probably going to have uh, a second life. Or even if you want to go that far, a first life on, on DVD and Blu-ray. Because of all the people who don't keep up with any of this stuff and have said to me, like, oh, was Justice League good? I still haven't had a chance to see it because of Christmas and everything. Thanksgiving, Christmas, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Right. You know, just so many people in my life who love this stuff, I just haven't had a chance to go check it out yet. Um, I just, I think it was, a lot of it was a really bad time of year. And no, it's not getting the repeat viewings from fans because, you know, a lot of the Snyder fans are pissed. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's a, you know, just the whole thing's a bummer. I mean, that, that that's the, that's probably the difference between that, you know, 700,000 or 700 million movie and that billion dollar movie is that 30% of people go back and see it a few more times. You know, it's really is the quality. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you've got such a, a bad taste in your mouth from other similar problems that, uh, you know, similar problems with BVS and whatever. That you, you you got you just already you're already gonna have a reduced following and I think there's 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 a number of us that even if we don't like them we're still gonna see them like me I I haven't really liked much that DC's done um and I, and I've still seen every one of them on like opening night you know but if it's not good mm-hmm. I'm not gonna see it again you know if it's good I'll see it again I'll see it three or four times so I don't see anything three or four times. <laughs> 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 uh, the last movie I saw that many times was Guardians. I saw Guardians like six yeah. times in theaters. I do. I don't know. I can't with all these movies. I can't afford to keep going to the theater. Right. I just can't. I. Uh, I just can't do it. I hear you, man. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'll watch it probably once, maybe twice, at the theater, maybe at this point, and then like it's home video for me after that. Yeah. Uh, Patty Jenkins was talking about Wonder Woman 2 to entertainment tonight at the Palm Springs Film Festival. She said, uh, 
that Wonder, Wonder Woman 2 is going to be vastly different. She says, we're going, actually making a totally different film with a lot of the same similar things that we love, but it's its own movie completely. It's not two to us. It's an entirely new adventure together that we couldn't be luckier to do. And that, that's that's cool. I'm, I hope that she doesn't rest on her laurels. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, and over to Aquaman, James Wan, director James Wan posted a... Uh, a picture. He says, ha- "He says, Happy New Year from the deep. Here's to a great 2018." And the picture is like a close-up of some Atlantean armor, and there's like a squid on it. And there's also like beside it, there's like a hook. And someone was like, "Oh, oh, does this mean Aquaman gets his hook hand?" And he goes, "No." <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, "Put." He just stomped that shit right in the dirt. Like, nope, mm-mm, nope. <laughs> we're, we're not doing the Peter David Aquaman hook hand. No. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Um, he also talked, uh, James Wan talked briefly, uh, in USA Today about, uh, Black Manta's, um, motivation for the Aquaman movie. He says his motivation is very primal, that classic revenge story. I love the simplicity of that human drive. So good news, folks. Black Manta's going to be Black Manta. He's going to be looking for vengeance. Nice. I don't, <laughs> I don't know anything about Black Manta, so. Yeah. The there are a few different versions, but. Uh, basically black mana, uh, like aqua, there's most versions seem to go in the route of, uh, Aquaman accidentally kills, uh, black mana's father and black mana actually, or black mana or black mana's father had some dealings with accidentally killing Aquaman's father. There's tension. Yeah. It seems like there would be people go around accidentally killing everybody. Yeah. They're just like the klutziest people ever. Damned Atlanteans accidentally killing everybody. Yeah. Just tripping over. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It wasn't my fault. I tripped over something. <laughs> we float. <laughs> we don't even walk. I'm sorry, man. But when I tripped, I went, Avast! It was a very, very unintentional murder that happened. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a coincidence, you know? <laughs> it's one thing if you have, like, uh, lots of bad blood in the families and two people yeah. have killed, you know... I killed I killed your father, you killed my father, da 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 da. But it's it's really a coincidence if you just both accidentally murder her. Yeah. Uh, I look- I'm not sure one of those was accidental, but you know. Oh, okay. Really- oh my gosh. I, I can't keep track of all the, the of the Aquaman origins, you know? <laughs> I just can't. It's hard enough on, you know, with with yeah, characters I, I readily am interested in uh interested in. And up until the last few years, I haven't really been that interested in Aquaman. Yeah. I I thought he was cool in the Grant Morrison JLA run and in the Peter David run back in the 90s. But I didn't get, like, all deep in there and shit, you know? Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, he's got a hook hand. He's got a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hook hand. It's like DC's Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> it's way less claws. <laughs> just a hook. That's all he needs. <laughs> All right, so uh, David Sandberg posted a picture of uh, himself with Zachary Levi and a dog on his Instagram and says, in other news, here's a good boy. He's going to be in Shazam. Also pictured a dog. (laughs) Say again? Sorry. What? (laughs) He says uh, he posted a a picture of himself. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. He's the good boy. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Yeah, Zachary Levi also, uh, he was asked if he had seen the Shazam costume, and he wrote, yup. I'm excited about Shazam. 
It seems like it'll be cool. And different. I'm getting there. Like, I really like David Sandberg and I really like Zachary Levi. What has Zachary Levi done? He was the main character in Chuck. Oh uh, yeah. I liked him too. And, uh, um, he was also fan doll in Thor, the dark world and in Thor Ragnarok for about two seconds before he got a knife to the belly. Um, he was one of the Warriors three. Oh yeah, I kind of forgot he was in. I forgot he was one of them. I remember, I remember that now. Mm-hmm. But he's in under so much uh, other stuff. I totally forget. Yeah, forgot. he's under so much Oliver Queen makeup. Oliver Queen. <laughs> yeah, he just looks like the comic book version of Oliver Queen. Okay. Nice. He's got he's got the Green Arrow goatee and everything. All right, so uh, Faith Herman. From This Is Us, she's been cast, uh, and they, they're not saying who she's playing in Shazam, but uh, we're pretty sure she's playing Darla Dudley, one of the uh, one of the kids at the orphanage that uh, lives with uh, Billy Batson, and um, if it goes along with the comics, she'll be part of the, uh, well, they, they, they probably won't call it the Marvel family, but one of the Shazam family, because all of the kids have, have powers. Interesting. I didn't know that. No. No. Um, is the rock still attached as black Adam? Yes, but not to the Shazam movie. Oh, as in he's not going to be in the Shazam movie or as in, that's what I hear. Interesting. That seems they're saying like either there, there are rumors that he might be a part of suicide squad Two. that he might actually just have his own movie. There, there are a lot of different little rumors going around and I don't, I don't know. Hmm. A lot of stuff is like quote unquote in development. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of not really knowing what the hell's going on, <laughs> Ben Affleck was talking to the Daily Sapa and says, uh, in reference to being Batman again, whether he will or not, he says, for me, it's interesting. And I always evaluate this stuff on the merit of the material. I want to direct a Batman movie and I never got a script that I was happy with. So they're starting over and writing another script. And right now I think a lot of different possibilities, I think for the way the DC universe could go. And I will just follow my interest in pursuing that. And I know that I love working with these with this group of people, and it was a real joy for me to make this movie. No, so he's basically saying nothing. He's on the fence. Yeah. He doesn't know. This is a little evaluate um, the material. Uh, is this? Yeah, you know. And I get that. I get that. Obviously, you're not going to commit to a movie that. Uh, I, I guess he's not under contract anymore as Batman. No, I, no, I'm pretty sure his contract is up. Wow. He's he's with Justice League. He's. He's fulfilled everything. That seems like such a short contract. Uh, just in in today's world, when you're trying to, in today's world, after Marvel's been doing what it's been doing for so many years, like it just seems like these kind of uh, these kind of films would just be like, all right, it's an eight film deal. <laughs> yeah, some main, some major parts, some minor, like in Suicide Squad, but you're going to be in a bunch of movies, dude. <laughs> yeah, he probably, you know, he's a Ben Affleck is a big star. He's That's won true. Oscars for his directing. You know, he, they probably couldn't get him for more than three movies. Yeah, it's hard to get a commitment. And then once, you know, once you, if people love him as the Bat, and he's been saying a lot of the things that seem sort of negative toward uh, being Batman again, but the the fans love him as Batman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think the best thing he could do is stick around and, like, finally get a movie that's, you know, I really, I really wish we'd gotten the Batman, the the Affleck directed and starred in Batman movie. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work, and and I don't know that anyone, I don't know that anyone will ever take on that task. But I was excited to see it because I think his 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 directing work has been uh, very Batman worthy. <laughs> uh huh. And his uh and and I love him as Batman as an actor. So I think I, I wish that had happened. I'm I'm sad. 
that it never did. I can understand why I wouldn't. I mean, especially after Live By Night uh, got pummeled and he directed and started in that and they were people were already throwing up the the you know the gaunt, throwing out the gauntlet of like oh see this is what happens when you direct and you try to star you can't do everything Ben right but he's you done know, it, he's done it he's done it before and done it very well though with with Argo he has and, he absolutely has Gone Baby Gone yeah I think he was in that wasn't he uh I think he was yeah. in it did he write and direct that one though I, don't, I I thought he directed it he may have I don't recall that um good good flick though i hear it's great i haven't seen it it's um, good it's good it uh it doesn't go where you think it's gonna go it's it really surprised me where that movie you're talking went. about gone baby gone or gone girl uh i don't know because <laughs> gone girl was i think I david think, fincher i think i was thinking of gone girl uh because that's been yeah that's, that's been the Netflix, one with his right? wife yeah yeah that, yeah, gone no, yeah. The one with his... that's the one i was thinking of yeah yeah that's david fincher yeah that was yeah gone but what's gone baby gone look it up man does that even exist are you lying? Yeah, it exists. Are you lying to me? I'm not. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what this is. It has Casey Affleck in it, though, so yeah, that's probably what you're talking about. Yeah, don't know what that is. I was thinking of Gone Girl. All right. <laughs> but Argo. Argo's a great example. He did great directing and writing. That's the one I brought up. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, speaking of the Batman, uh, on the on Jeff Goldsmith's uh, Q and A, the Q and A podcast, Reeves uh, Matt Reeves says uh, that he is currently outlining. He says I have the story worked out and I am outlining. Uh, so you know that's that's going along. Sweet. He's, at least we know he's still working on it. Yeah. Um, now here's the thing, and you know, and by the way, before I move on, um, for the record, Jason did say that he felt like. Ben Affleck was going to stick around for the long haul on Batman. And you think so? On this episode. Or he thinks so? He thinks so. I think it's very possible that he will. I just think, I think he's, he's a little burned. It seems like he's a little burned or he's just doing the whole, the thing that a lot of actors do. I mean, uh, Daniel Craig said he was not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Presenting for more money. Exactly. Uh, Daniel Craig said he was not coming back for a bond and he was just announced he's going to be bond in the next bond. (laughs) So sure. Uh, you know, it it happens all the time. And so Affleck hasn't even said no yet. So I'm going to be bond again. How can we believe you? (laughs) My word is my bond. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, I'm so sorry. That's pretty rough, man. That's pretty rough. (laughs) Uh, no, I, th- I think, tired. I think it's very possible he could just stick around if, especially if they give him some, some smaller roles where he's still making good money and, and can play like, like this Matt Reeves one's interesting. Cause it sounds like this is, I'm not sure how many facts we have on this one. Do we have many facts on this Matt mm-hmm. Reeves movie? Only that he's working on it. I'd, I'd heard, and it's all, this may all be rumor. I have no idea, but I heard that that was a, he's supposed to be writing about a younger Batman. That's a rumor. We don't know. That's a rumor. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm, inter- I'm interested to see if they do something different with the Matt Reeves Batman movie. If if like if Affleck like it would be interesting if the, I could absolutely see them doing one thing about this this universe of DC that I don't like is that we didn't get a younger Batman. Like I don't have any investment in this Batman because he's not he's not a Batman that I know. I'm, I'm invested in him as much as I am any Batman, which is which is some, uh, but. You know, I don't know what this Batman was like. I, I, we came into him in a weird place where he was already uh, branding people and stuff. <laughs> uh, it'd, it'd be nice to see like where he started. You know, I'd like a Batman year yeah. one, and that would be interesting. I'd be interesting to me to have like a younger guy play Batman and still have the older 
in current timeline Batman like be Ben Affleck and be looking back at those times or something. I think that could be neat. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I would not mind seeing, um, you know what? I, I, I'm going to take that back before I even say it. I, and I think I've said that before on the show, but I don't even think I believe it anymore. I'm okay with having an old Batman. I'm okay with like just seeing who this Batman is, uh, uh, by virtue of seeing who he has become, I don't, I don't care about who he was. Um, maybe do some flashbacks, de-age him a little bit in a couple of flashbacks or something. Sure. But it's sort of like in Batman the Animated Series, we started out with, you know, Robinson College. You know, Bruce is, you know, a little bit older. And we flash back from time to time. I don't need to see young Batman. I've seen enough young Batman. That's what, you know, we got in Batman Begins and Dark Knight. Of course, he just stopped being Batman. Uh, he never became old Batman, really. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm invested, uh, you know, by virtue of him being Batman period. I I think I'm good. Like I felt like they, they gave us enough reasoning for me to, you know, figure out who he was, you know? Sure. Um, and you know, I mean, we all know like, Batman. It's, you know, it's the same way hey, they didn't have to retell you're us. You're going that. a little crazy. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. We but, you know, probably want to edit I was that. just we saying talk like, to each other. Yeah, I was just saying, you know, BBS, you had Alfred just be like, oh, are we doing this shit now with the branding and the killing? Right. You know, so clearly that was a thing that he didn't do before. Yeah, um, clearly it was new. And, you know, we got that, you know, Robin had died. We, you know, we sure. now Superman comes and is killing all these people. It's just, with Zod it's not, it's this, not that you know, I need it. It's not that I need it for the sake of knowing who Batman is. The reason I want it is yeah. just because I want it. Like, we... We 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 got the the older campier Batman stuff um uh from from you know oh gosh uh, from Tim Burton through Schumacher which obviously there's a big spectrum there but we got that was yeah. that was all a little campier and and a little newer to it's just it's just a little different um and then we got the super realistic in Nolan which I mean you could argue with me on that but the the the, the attempt yeah, at could. super realism um <laughs> the attempt at super realism, you know just making it very realistic yeah. and now we're we're in a time when people ex- are a lot more accepting of just comic books being comic books and telling the stories from the page and i'd i'd love to see uh this i i just i just i'm sad that we missed out on all those younger batman stories it's like it's not that i don't it's not that I need it to like understand the current Batman. It's that I right. am sad we never saw, uh, you know, more of we 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 never saw, we still haven't gotten a quintessential Batman movie to me. Right. Uh, nothing has nothing I, has matched the that, animated yeah. series in its Batman ishness. <laughs> I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, but then you know I also enjoy just like I almost don't want to go back. Like, I don't want to go and see what it was because, like, I enjoy little quips from Alfred, like in Justice League, where he's like, one misses the days when, you know, all we had to deal with is exploding wind-up penguins. Like, <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, um, totally. I, I also I like to I be able to imagine it. that that was a thing. Yeah. It's, it's interesting in this world to imagine that 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 was that was still an issue like exploding i don't know it's just like we did i just don't have a i just don't have a context for it It, i don't know and now i'm getting gotham where they're like slowly working towards it (laughs) yeah Mm. all right so here's the thing that's uh a hefty no from jason a hefty no from me Lindsay lohan wants to play batgirl oh yeah no 
Absolutely, absolutely not. She, you know, you know what? She though? tweeted. Who, who knows? Uh, you could have said the same. I would have yeah. said the same thing about Robert Downey Jr. Probably like right before he played Iron Man or whatever. Like, yeah. You know, she's she's she was a good actress when she was younger. She got real drugged out and washed up. And who knows? Maybe she'll get that like redemptive arc that we've seen in so many other other actors and actresses. But I'd like to see her do some some smaller work first. Um, Without driving the director mad and having them say that Lindsay Lohan is the worst person they've right. ever worked with, because yeah. that has happened. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, um, and she, you know, she's you know, just she's no Alicia Silverstone. Oh God, come on, man, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> you know, I say, you know, and that's funny because, like, the first like when we when I recorded this episode with Jason, I, I you know brought up the fact that you know uh, I think that her reputation precedes her. I feel like you know. Uh, her being the, you know, party girl, you know, DUI getting, not showing up to court problem is going to like, uh, overpower the Batgirl role. Um, and you know, she tweeted out, retweet if I should star in the new Batgirl movie and tell everyone tell Joss. Um, and I don't like, I love Barbara Gordon. I love Batgirl. Like, yeah. One of my favorite characters in comic books and Lindsay Lohan just, Nah, I just, I, you know, uh, like I said, you know, she, people might be like, what about Robert Downey Jr.? Like, and I said that in the, in the first version of this episode that did, that won't ever air. Sure. But, um, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is actually a good actor though. Like Lindsay Lohan hasn't been like solid in a really long time. No, I agree. And maybe that's because of drugs. I think she was good at a time. There was a time she was good. And uh, I'm not saying it's, uh, uh it, it, it wasn't very long, um, but she was good at being mean and mean girls. Yeah, she was great in mean girls. Um, and she, I mean, bat she girl, was not bad burnout. She was good as a child actress. Um, I think she, I think she was, I think she was fine. She's fine. And she's probably better than most for like the kinds of movies she was making, um, early on, mm-hmm. but parent trap. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I love parent trap for a kid actress. She did great. Um, but uh yeah, she has not proven that she's back. <laughs> and yeah. who knows? Maybe maybe she'll get in front of some director and writer and like prove them uh you know, prove herself pr- prove prove to them that she can do it do it. But yeah. Um she's I mean, sure. not done anything to 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 def- to warrant uh to warrant that in my mind at least. Right. She's not come into my casting room and p- impressed me yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, prove to me she didn't, like, wake up in a drug den, try to figure out who she was, and then, like, tweet that out. Retweet if I should star in the new Batgirl movie. Yeah. 2018? Oh, it's, it's New Year's? Oh, let me, you know, send this out. 2018's gonna be my comeback. Yeah. She already thinks she is Batgirl. <laughs> yeah. I'm a redhead, too. <laughs> Snort. Oh. But she's the little girl from Parent Trap. Just makes I saw some. It just makes me sad. I saw I saw some article that was like trying to make. It may have been the Onion. I don't even know. It was something where they were trying to claim that like it was obviously a joke, but they were trying to like make the case that there like Lindsay Lohan did did have, did have a twin and she somehow killed her or something. <laughs> <laughs> and they like covered it up. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, she's not a good actress. She's not playing two roles in that movie. She just had right. It. That explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Margot Robbie was talking to THR, said, uh, talk to us something that I haven't really thought a lot about. And she says, uh, you're about to be in a comic book film. Now here's the worst case scenario of how big and scary it can get. There's just all this stuff you learn along the way, like when you get the death threats. It's smart to have a security team do a background check on whoever sent them to see if there's any past history of violence, because you'll need to know whether you need to... <laughs> buy security to go to certain events. And every time you do a background check, it's going to cost $2,000. So take that into consideration when you're getting yourself into this. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, costs $2,000 to get a background check? Well, she, yeah. she's, buying so it's very, like, she's buying very expensive background checks because <laughs> my, my girlfriend's a landlord and has to get background checks regularly for her tenants. Uh-huh. And I think they're like 30 bucks or something. <laughs> So she's getting like really intensive background checks, like, and yeah, maybe, yeah. but you can at least get find out if someone's been like convicted of a crime or whatever. I don't think they, right. I don't think a background check costs two thousand dollars normally. <laughs> maybe I, you know, I a Margot know. Robbie, like the 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 uh, the escargot of background checks, uh, right, <laughs> cost that much. She says. And it's like, okay, that's a different kind of career because then you need to always do a job that can financially support that lifestyle. You can't just do indie films for the rest of your life, for, for the rest of your life, because that film back there changed everything. And now you have to be able to afford security. I just wish someone had explained a lot of this uh, of those things to me early on. I wouldn't have resented the position I found myself in because I would have known what I was getting myself into. Hmm. She did say that she wouldn't have changed her mind on taking the role, but it would have been it would have pre- better prepared her for what was to come. Yeah, <coughs> totally understandable. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's it for the for the uh, movie news. I'm going to jump into some listener feedback from uh, Christian Fuentes, one of our earliest listeners uh, over on Facebook. What's up? He says, uh, watching Justice League is not as horrible as some people say, but I don't think it's uh, all that great either. WB really needs to think long and hard about where they want to go from here. I will say, that was Superman. Big Blue Boy Scout. It was. His mouth yeah. was a little weird, but that was Superman. <laughs> yeah. It was It was Superman. And even the moments when he's, when he's uh, evil for a minute there, or yeah. like, it still felt like Superman somehow. More so yeah. than any other uh, incarnation we've seen yet, or any version, any movie thus far. Hmm. I've seen a lot of versions, but I, 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 I mean, I mean, in this universe, sorry, it, yeah. it's more more so than Man of Steel, more so than BVS. Hmm. Eli Hernandez <laughs> over on Twitter <laughs> says, "Do you think they'll announce a director this year for the Flash uh, Flashpoint movie, or is DC Films not in a hurry to find one?" Uh, plus, do you? Uh, sorry, who do you want to see uh, as a villain for Wonder Woman in her next movie besides Cheetah? I want to see Cersei. Um, Jason said Cersei. I said Cersei on that one. And uh, Cersei Jason from Game does, of Thrones. No, Cersei from Wonder Woman. <laughs> sorry, I know. <laughs> That'd just be a weird crossover. I mean, they're both. You know, the Amazons kind of live in like sort of that like olden times Greek village, so. I guess it could it could cross over into uh, Westeros. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, all right. <laughs> um, I think I think you know we'll at least get one or two directors announced for Flashpoint before the year's <laughs> up. <laughs> I mean, we've had so many directors announced up till now. What's stopping this year from having more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, I think they're in a hurry. I, I do. I, I actually do. Um, do you? you know, and 
I do. I, I think they'll. I think they are in a hurry. Um, of course, you know, there was some talk before Justice League came out, like, oh, whether we do Flashpoint is dependent on how well Justice League does. But they said that they're still doing Flashpoint. Um, some people have posited that they it won't. You know, we, we won't have Aquaman and Wonder Woman and uh, and Superman and Thomas Wayne Batman in the Flashpoint movie. Uh, I I like Wonder Woman's a breakout hit. Aquaman was like one of the biggest positives out of justice league and every time freaking uh dude negan whatever his name jeffrey jeffrey dean morgan is on late night television and mentions batman everybody like shits themselves and cheers yeah that Um, would be that would be amazing as him as uh as thomas wayne batman that would be yeah i i want to see the whole thing i want to see the amazons versus the atlanteans I want to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan Batman. I want to see like emaciated Henry Cavill in a government installation. I want Flashpoint, even if it's just a, even if they have to like recast Ben Affleck and that's how they do it, where like Barry goes back to the present and he hands that letter from Thomas to Batman and it's not Ben Affleck. I want it. I don't care. Let's do it. Somehow, somehow his traveling through this through time has changed which sperm found which egg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it could happen. Hey, if it could turn your dad into Batman and your mom into the Joker, sure. Yeah, that's 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 really good. I I would love for that to happen. Absolutely. Oh, and Maggie is the jo- oh. See, I, I hadn't thought of this, and I it's by virtue of me not following the DC news nearly as closely as I do the Marvel. Uh, but yeah, man, those two. I I think Maggie could be a great Joker. And I don't know her real name. Cunt. Uh, mm. What's what's her real name? I don't remember it. Oh gosh, I do, but I can't think of it right now. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're gonna move on. And <laughs> let you figure that out if you want to. I will. I'll find her name. But they're it's both on the on, tip of my brain. What? The Walking Dead? Is that right? They're both on the Walking Dead. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They're both on the Walking Dead. Yeah. Um. They're uh, Lauren Cohen. That's it. Yeah, right. Lauren Cohen plays plays Maggie on The Walking Dead, and he plays uh, Negan. And Negan, yeah. And and they they played the parents, and I think she could be a really interesting Joker. Okay. I I don't I don't know. Yeah, I would love I would love to see it. I'd love to see yeah, her try. I, it. I I I I plead with them if if we're gonna do let's do Flashpoint. Let's retcon that awful Juggalo Joker. Let's, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it right. I mean, he's not awful. He's not. He wasn't. It was it was an interesting take, but I don't want to keep seeing it. I don't think. I'm I'm kind of eh on it. I was fine with that Joker. Uh, it didn't. He was more way way like I could not look at him without seeing um, Jim Carrey. Ah, uh, yeah. I like the that. whole time. I mean, all those all his choices. Everything's like coming up to somebody like and like I know he's kind of going. It, it it actually made me think of uh, Heath Ledger's performance a little differently. Uh, when he's coming up to people like, hey, I'm uh, here to, ha-. like, like all that stuff, it's kind of yeah. got a Jim Carrey vibe to it um, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that, that I never noticed before. And then once I saw Leto do it, it was just like, oh, yeah, that's, I, I, he was sort of, he was sort of drawing from that Ledger performance and it, and, but the way it was interpreted through his thinner face and like, I don't know, just like his body type and everything just came off really Jim Carrey-like. Yeah, it did in a lot of Which, ways. I'd be okay with a Jim Carrey Joker. I'm not. I'm not mad at that. 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to see Jim Carrey do the Joker. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's already done the Riddler. But in yeah. the, <laughs> as the Riddler, he more played the Joker, though. Like, he was, <laughs> you know. I don't feel that way. I don't, I didn't. I always think of the Riddler in 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 other versions, except for that version, as not nearly the flamboyant, uh, like spandex suit wearing, jumping around guy. As I do, like I don't know. I guess I think of the uh, the Arkham Arkham games uh, Riddler more than I think of those as the real Riddler. Uh, see, I, I just think of John Glover primarily. John Glover from uh, the animated series Riddler. I'm having a really hard time remembering the Riddler from the animated series. I'm sure it would, it would, uh, it would be in my brain immediately if I saw it. It'd be like, oh yeah, this feels like home. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Matthew Salvatore on uh, Twitter uh, asked a whole bunch of people, the DC Daily Drop, uh, Suicide Squad cast guys, and us. Um, he says, every time I hear Radioactive by Imagine Dragons, I think of Watchmen. Does that happen to anyone else, or is that just me? And I felt bad, because I said no. And uh, Jason said no, but it, he is surprised. It sounds like a song that was written for uh, in hopes that a comic book movie would pick it up, and this, then they, it just didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but he could totally imagine it being in a comic book movie. What do you think? Um, I don't know the lyrics to that well enough. And I probably don't know the Watchmen well enough to uh to I just know the movie um to to really I, all I know from that song is radioactive radioactive <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that's about all I got um so I don't know I guess that's fair. I guess the answer is no because I've never thought of that while listening to it but probably because I haven't listened to it closely enough or and don't think of Watchmen enough so not to say that it yeah. isn't isn't a true thing. Um, I listen, have you seen the last Jedi yet? No, there's a new Connor Ober song uh-huh. <laughs> called, it may not even be that new, but it's a Connor Ober song that popped up on my Spotify and it's called, um, anything mm, like anything new or something like that. I, I, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm spacing, but the whole song he's talking, it's like an older guy talking to a younger girl and he's, he's singing all about how he's, in the in the song, there's lines that are so fitting of um, of uh, Luke singing to Ray in the new Star Wars movie. Okay, <laughs> and it just made me laugh a lot because he's he even says for those of you who've seen the movie, he even says I'm something like about being out fishing, and he says something about uh, getting drunk, and he says some he says I won't be your father figure. Um, like it's just this really like, I, I was just listening to it today. And I was like, this sounds like it was, I really want to get on my video editing tools and like edit those, edit those scenes together. This Connor Ober song with the last Jedi. Uh, it's called anytime mm-hmm. soon. <laughs> if anybody wants to listen to it, that likes the last Jedi. It's good stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I got, uh, I got spoiled, like massively spoiled on, on last Jedi and lost all bit of interest at in seeing it. Oh yeah, I think it's worth no. seeing. It's worth seeing. There's there's good stuff in there. There's good stuff in them hills. Yeah. Regardless. Okay. Maybe we should have an after the credits where you talk about what you were spoiled in, and uh, you can and I, <laughs> I can tell you if it, if it ruins it for you. Oh. Eh. <laughs> Maybe. Um. Let's see. 
Uh, Brooklyn Batman, Anthony over on Twitter, uh, said quick shout out to all the podcasts who have made my compute, uh, much more bearable this year, uh, at Suicide Squad cast, Holy Batcast, DC on screen, Nation of Nerds, DC movies, S- uh, SK and borderless fans. Um, and you know, Jason and I feel the same, the same way. Uh, it very much makes it worth it when you guys let us know that, you know, we're, uh, making your commute to work your adventure through work, your commute home from work, or anything else enjoyable. Like, I don't know. Life mm-hmm. is short, and uh, and uh, the end comes quickly. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, uh, it's, 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 really, it's really powerful and meaningful to have people, uh, that people want to listen to this stuff at all. <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> in a lot of ways, it's, it's funny, because me and you, it's funny to be on a cast with, me, with you, because a lot of what I missed... Me and you over the years, you know, we've gone through times of where we talk a ton and times where we talk less. And me and you have always been, you've always been my friend. I talk to you more about this kind of stuff than anyone else. You know, uh-huh. we, we'll get on the phone and talk about Star Trek for three hours or, or, or whatever. Um, and, uh, or, or just like, or, or movies that don't even have new content. We'll talk about like whatever our theories about Back to the Future for three or four hours. And it's just like, there's there's not anything new coming. It's just like <laughs> just just chatting about it. And uh when I started when we got when we me and you started spending less time together uh and I had a lot more time uh to myself in the car, I started uh, I started listening to podcasts and that really like filled that gap for me. So like a lot of these people that say that kind of stuff like I get it. Like it's not just yeah. it's not just a um to me anyway when I when I listen to these casts um that I listened to for years and years, uh, it wasn't just that it provided me like entertainment. It was like feeling that community of someone to talk to someone who's sharing ideas about these things that we love, you know, um, makes you feel, makes you feel like you've got someone who's, who's going through some of the same things. Um, and then, you know, then of course that led to me wanting to start podcasting, which was basically me listening to those people and finally being like, I'm tired of saying stuff to them in the car and no one hears me. Because um, <laughs> yeah. most of the time I was just talking back uh, to, to no one. A lot, of, a lot of it for me was like, I'm tired of no one else having my point of view. Yeah, no, that, that, that's totally it. Like, I, There's people that I really loved their thoughts, but I totally disagree with them, you know? Like, I listen yeah, to them yeah. like... Oh man, I I I really enjoy hearing you talk about this stuff, but you are so wrong about so many things, and I <laughs> I I don't know if anyone will enjoy listening to me, but I would like to put my you know two cents into the world too, and so that's like right. when 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 I started this, and it's just cool to be. It's interesting that it's come full circle now. The reason I started listening to casts, which was not talking to you enough, uh, this is some of the most talking we do is when we get to cast together. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. Uh moving over to Yoda Hugh. You know Yoda Hugh. I do know Yoda Hugh. What's up, buddy? Now Yoda Hugh uh, a few weeks ago, uh in response to something we said on the cast, pointed out that when uh Jason was ten years old, Jason wanted to work for Microsoft. And Yoda Hugh said that one of the differences between him and Jason was that uh instead of wanting to work for Microsoft at ten years old Yoda, you wanted to uh, be a mushroom or a tortoise. <laughs> From the Mario universe? Nope, just a normal one. Okay. <laughs> and I expressed a little worry on the show about that. And uh, so Yoda, you 
uh, wrote in and said, just listening to my mention on the last cast, I don't want to be a tortoise or a mushroom now. <laughs> no need to worry, David. Also, Jason read way too much into any meaning of that. I just like tortoises and mushrooms. And uh, Jason actually went on to Twitter. He's been doing more lately. I'm proud of him. Yay. Get that branching out. Media. You get that social media game. It's tight. Yeah. Tighten ups. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Um. <laughs> And uh, Jason responded, as long as you're okay with your current human form, we're happy for you. <laughs> and and Yoda Hugh says, meh, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's face it, who's, who's really happy with their current human form? <laughs> yeah, not me. Um, he also goes on, and again, this is one of those where just like this like totally brightened up my day. He says, listening to you guys brightens my day no end. Hashtag no more petitions. And uh, I always love hearing that kind of stuff. You know, when, I, when I'm at the end of the day and I'm like, ah, do I really want to work on the podcast? I see something like that and I go, absolutely, I don't, but I'll do it anyway because I feel bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't change no. the fact that I don't want to work on that. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally makes it worth it. It does. So anyway, we are uh, moving out of uh, movie news. We're moving into DCTV news. If you haven't caught up, we will be getting a little spoilery, um, I'm sure. But um, if you're not following us to that, DC On Screen on Twitter, on Facebook, um, DCOnScreen.com for every episode for free. Uh, and you can also go over and uh, you know click on the iTunes link and go give us that review that you've been promising. You heard him promise, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, that was a solemn oath before God and state. You guys promised you'd go and leave us a five-star written review as a favor. Yeah, we heard it. We I, can I hear you in the car or on the treadmill making your promises. <laughs> where we, where we all make our promises. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was weird, man. <laughs> All right, going over to the DC TV. Uh, Gotham Scarecrow is going to return to Gotham, and uh, they weirdly they released a character description that looks a lot like a casting call, even though uh, they, they Charlie the Tahan has been the same has been the character for the entirety of the series. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, they they released a casting call, male, early to mid twenties for Jonathan Crane, Caucasian, <laughs> after being dosed with a fear toxin, blah blah blah. Um, Erratic, terrifying, psychopathic. He no longer identifies as Jonathan Crane. Recurring guest star also appears at episode 417 and 418. So that's weird. I guess they're recasting him. Are they? I I guess so. They they released a character description for him that looks like a that looks like a casting call. So oh, okay. maybe he moved on. Yeah. Also, there's still no premiere date for the uh, no mid season premiere date for Gotham. We don't know <laughs> when it's coming back. Uh, over to the Arrowverse, CW president uh, Mark, uh, Mark Pedowitz uh, was at the uh, Television Critics Association's Winter Press Tour on Sunday. He told Entertainment Weekly uh, in regards to whether or not all the DC shows were renewed. He says, at the moment, it's a little too soon. We're noted for announcing at the Winter TCA that we're picking up shows. We just weren't ready to do that yet. A couple more weeks and we'll probably get around to it. Probably get around to it. <laughs> probably get around. Isn't that like it. your whole job? 
<laughs> like, don't you have to sure. get around to this stuff? Yeah. I get I'm it. I'm pretty I mean, confident, he says. I'm pretty confident we'll see them all back. Which doesn't sound confident at all. I think that sounds Mark. pretty confident. I mean, if you're not officially announcing it and you're sort of kind of announcing it, that seems like there's no major problems or they wouldn't say anything at all. But there are problems. Because when he spoke to TV Line at the same Television Critics Association press tour, uh, he was asked about why Superman, uh, sorry, Supergirl's being benched for nine weeks, you know, in place of Legends of Tomorrow. And he says uh, that fans shouldn't take it as a sign of, of anything. He says the fans of Supergirl should not be worried in any way, shape, or form. We are big believers in the show and big believers in Melissa and the direction of the show. Pedowitz goes on to say, though, that, uh, that this was partially due to, quote, production issues on Supergirl's part, which, by the way, TV Line is saying that's separate from the co-showrunner, Andrew Kreisberg, being removed from the show. Um, but is also basi- uh, basically partially inspired by the re- season four return of iZombie. He says, at the same time, we thought this is a good place to put Legends, uh, knowing that iZombie would go behind it at the end of February. Um, and then says it also allows us to extend into the summer to give us more original programming, which is actually a good thing for us. That all might be true. It's just, it just seems weird. I've never seen them do anything like this. The only thing that I've seen uh, a network do that resembles this is when they like take a show off and like throw it on in the summer to burn off the last of the episodes. Yeah. Hmm. So the way he's saying like, they're not ready to like, I think, and Jason agrees with me. Uh, I think that the, what they're doing is that they're waiting to see what the numbers look like coming back into the premieres. Yeah. Um, and I think they're, at, if they're not ready to at least cut Legends down significantly in episode number, because that show uh, just constantly gets the lowest of the low ratings hmm. of all of the shows. Um. I think they're probably going to cut Legends down a fair amount, and they're, I think they're trying to burn off Legends more than Supergirl. Hmm. But, you know, that's me. I don't know. Maybe it's wishful thinking. Maybe they'll all be back. Uh, I would love it if all of them only had, like, 13 episode runs per season. <laughs> I do think maybe the quality would be better. And I'm I not, do, too. I don't even think the quality's bad. I just think, you know, when you have 13 episodes versus 22, it's just you, you have more time to story. make it. Yeah. You can really th- you can take your time thinking about it. When I can't even imagine trying to write 22 episodes a year and trying to come up with those arcs and being like, where do we, you know, uh, you got to think of filler episodes. And if you had 13 episodes, so so many times on The Flash, um, and I, I'm totally behind on The Flash right now, but um, so many times where I'm like, I'm really interested in this, uh, this like A story, like the, the, the arc. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. by the by the twenty second episode, I'm like, we're still doing that arc, <laughs> you know, like that's still <laughs> yeah. the bad guy. <laughs> like, I feel like that should have been handled. I think, um, and this is not to definitely not to start a Marvel DC conversation. I think a show that's doing the twenty two episodes well right now is Shield, um, because they've they've decided they've started dividing the show into three. Uh, at least they did Arcs, this last yeah. last season. And we're not sure what they're going to do this season. But last season they divided the show into three arcs, seven or eight episodes each, or six or seven episodes each. And they just did like three very distinctive arcs. And it was like, yeah. it was so refreshing. It, it was just like, because every six episodes you're like, man, I'm still super interested in this arc and it's coming to its fruition. And then they start mm-hmm. a new, start a new, brand new arc you can get super interested in. It's, 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 it was, it was a, 
clever and cool move last year. Oh yeah. I mean, and there's no, there's no, there's no argument here in this, in this conversation about Marvel versus DC with, uh, with shield shield has been damn good the last two seasons. Like yeah. this season is phenomenal. It is like my favorite comic book show right now. That's on. Um, yeah, for sure. It is super good. And, um, I liked it more. I, I'm liking this season more than I liked the Punisher. Um, really? Now that's a, yeah, that's a big it statement. Is, I, I, man, I like it. Like, I like the alien stuff. I like uh, the Kree. I like all the space stuff. Like, I think it's solid. It's really good. Yeah. It might not, like, overall be better than The Punisher, but, you know. I mean, it's great. I, I've, no, you know, yeah. you know me. I love it. But The Punisher, <laughs> golly, have you finished The Punisher? Yeah. The second to last episode of The Punisher, and this is, like, really going off track from a DC conversation, uh, but the second to last episode of The Punisher was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. One of the most emotionally evocative and like beautiful juxtapositions I've ever, ever seen. It was, it was just gorgeous. Um, it was, it was the main torture episode. Um, mm-hmm. and they just did, they did a, they did an editing technique that I've never seen before. And that just made that episode so emotional and, uh, just great. Just amazing. Watch the Punisher. It was great. <laughs> Just worth worth every moment to get to that ep- that 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 episode, and the whole thing's great. But that episode is amazing. Well, I don't, you know, we 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 talk about DC a lot, and I don't really get too deeply into spoilers for Punisher here. Yeah, I mean that's what I um, tried to avoid. I yeah, I th- and I will say this and leave it at that. I think exactly what you're describing is what I dislike. One of the things I disliked about the show, and maybe one of the reasons I don't think it's as good as Shield this year. Interesting. We're gonna have to talk off yeah. air about this because I because I think it was Absolutely. one of the best one of the <laughs> best and most evocative shots in the entire the entirety of Marvel right cinematic universe right now like was 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 the was the first time he passes out in that is it, it was so good uh, but but we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get in, yeah we'll get into that off off so. air <laughs> <laughs> yeah we will <laughs> all right so. So there's there are plenty of costumes out there. I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, or they've they've had a lot of first look photos of costumes, nice. uh, just everywhere. You can find Monel in Legend, uh, sorry, in Legion of Superheroes gear. Uh, Jesse Rath as Brainiac Five and Nefessa Williams as Thunder uh, from Black Lightning. If you're so inclined, they also have uh, uh, Saturn Girl from Supergirl in the Legion's gear. And uh, I'll say this though, uh, and Jason saw where I was coming from. I'll say it again here. Uh, everybody looks like they're from the freaking Matrix. And I don't <laughs> care for it. Like, oh no, we're going back to the 2000s. Please no. Like late 90s, 2000s. <laughs> I don't want to see superheroes in black. X Men one you know? all over again. Yeah, you think? Uh, hey, Supergirl's supposed to be like, uh, you know, inspiring Supergirl or Superman one, whichever version they're they're using here is supposed to inspire the Legion of Superheroes. I want to see the colorful superhero costumes that are in the Legion. Like, I want to see the Legionnaire costumes. I don't want to see Trinity and Neo. I hate Monel's costume. I can appreciate the, the, the little, like, references they're making to Valor. I don't care. It looks like crap. It looks like, you know, head-to-toe black leather crap. And mm. I don't dig it. And, uh, you know, I thought these shows were better than that. <laughs> yeah. These shows are supposed to be the shows that... Uh... That get that we don't mind watching colorful costumes. We actually like right. it. It's part of what we like yeah. about the whole thing. You know, uh, 
you know, life is short. <laughs> and uh, so it's like the third time you said life is short on this cast. Are you okay, Dave? It ends violently, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dave, or Dave, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see the panel on the on on the screen is what I'm saying. And, you know, before it's too late. It's 2017. Wait, Dave, are you okay? It's 2018. <laughs> it's not 2017 anymore. It's 2018. That's true. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh most of the CW shows have a promo out there, by the way, as well, uh, for the return of their shows, um, which those shows start up in a little less than a week at this point, um, unless, you know, it's Legends of Tomorrow. Also, you can find a synopsis for all the return episodes if you'd like to get all hyped up, but uh, I'm not going into all that stuff, you know. A lot of the trailers, uh, the Black Lightning trailer looked really good, I thought. That's the one I liked. I liked it. Looks like they're trying to go a little more Netflix. Hmm. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I got that from it, but it it looked fine. It looked good. Um, <laughs> I'm over the. Huh? You mentioned we, we talked. I think before we were casting, I asked if it was in the same universe, and they're saying no, it's not in the same universe. Yeah, they're, that's what they're saying. But it's very strange. The showrunners like, but I do have the showrunners that he has in mind. He's thought he's put a lot of thought uh, as to what which Earth this is. So you know, I'm pretty sure they'll bring it in. Right. Yeah. They want that crossover money, man. Give me that crossover money. Yeah, totally. All right, so uh, Mystery Girl Jessica Parker Kennedy, a.k.a. Mystery Girl from the Barry Iris wedding fiasco, recently told Bustle, you'll see me at least one more time. I can tell you that. You'll see me again on the show, and things will make more sense. Uh, She also described her presence on the set. She says, they have me listed as Mystery Girl, and I just hang out as Mystery Girl on set. Even the costume department are like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Mystery Girl. It's been a very secretive mission, and it's been it's been fun to be a part of. I love that she calls the gig a mission. Uh, I I have my theory as to who she is. Oh, really? I do. Okay. I have no idea if I'm right, but I only saw the moments. The, the, I only I haven't even seen the rest of the season. I only saw those episodes. Uh huh. I think she's their daughter. Um, it could be either or. It could be her their daughter. Uh, oh, a lot of people think it's either her daughter or their granddaughter. Ah, that makes um, sense. See, I don't know anything about them from comics or whatever. I just, based on the the intera- the little interactions you had with Barry, I was like, oh, that's uh-huh. that's that's their daughter, probably. Um, yeah, like both both of their both their daughter and their granddaughter has uh, superhero stuff going on. So yeah, gotcha. Possibility on both. That's, essentially. that's my complete get, uh, get in the in the dark guess. Just on the way they they phrase that scene, the her, the emotion she expressed when she was like, "It's so good to be here." Yeah, so glad uh, to based be a part on how, of it today. Yeah, based on how like awe inspiring or whatever, and how like, oh man, this is crazy. She seemed to be kind of acting. I think it's their granddaughter. Hmm. That's my personal thought, but you know, it might not be any of these people. All right, so over to Arrow. Deathstroke is out again. DC has declared that Deathstroke is off, is off limits for the small screen once again. Wow. Mark Guggenheim says, For a time, DC was saying, You can't use Deathstroke. And then that changed. And we were able to have Slade Wilson back on the show. Now we're back to, You can't use him. They're working on the feature film version. He added, These are DC's characters. We're just renting them. We use the characters that they tell us we can use when we can use them. 
And apparently that also goes for the question. I don't know what they're doing in the movies with the question, but apparently that's also true of the question. Interesting. Well, that's an interesting backdoor uh, reason to think they might be making a question movie. I don't think they'd be be making a movie of the question necessarily. They might just have him in a movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's going to be like the question. Um, all right. So uh, over to Titans. It sounds like Trigon is in the works to cause the teen Titans some trouble in their first season. Here's a, uh, here's the casting call from Atlanta. Evan Logue, male, late thirties to forties, Caucasian, charismatic, a cult leader attempting to reunite his family. Central role for series finale, recurring guest star, uh, casting early for wardrobe, but the role works episodes 111 and 112. Um, Sounds like Trigon, father of, um, oh, what's her face now? I can't think of her name. Oh, man. Raven. Ah, brain just went away. Um, now, speaking of the um, the uh, new streaming service that Titans has got a premiere on, um, Greg Wiseman was asked about when Young Justice would be coming about, the third season of Young Justice, Outsiders. And um, he's putting the ballpark on fourth quarter of 2018. That's all he knows for sure, which may coincide with when they put out the, uh, when they start up the, uh, the DC entertainment uh, streaming service. Now, it, this is exciting news to me. Um, they, I, 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 I haven't seen an official announcement aside from just knowing this guy. Joseph McCabe, we actually had him on the show a few months ago, the author of 100 things Batman fans should know and do before they die and the and the Superman book of the same uh the same ilk. Yeah. Um he was reporter for Digital Spy, Total Film, West Coast editor for SFX magazine. He he has a new job. He is now the content editor for DC's streaming service. Huh. Which is super weird because yeah. now I could say I had the opportunity to not only interview this guy I had the opportunity to Photoshop a shirtless Robert Mueller on a Pegasus for the content editor of DC's streaming service. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> I don't know why he needed it. He just asked for it on Twitter. And I did it. <laughs> That's great. That's probably what got him the job. <laughs> yeah. Somebody was like, you want to be a content editor? Here's what we need. <laughs> Edit that content. Get, get get it to us immediately. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Joseph is totally a, a nice guy, super super nice guy, and knows like every freaking thing about Batman and Superman, uh, except for the few things that Mark Wade knows more than him. <laughs> so yeah, um, those are those are really good books. He was a great interview guest. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get him back on the show now that he's like you know big time. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Krypton has a, uh, has a premiere date, March 21st, 2018. It's on a Wednesday. That's weird. But, uh, that's what sci-fi is going to air it. Uh, I watched this trailer they put out for it though. Like, what did you think of this? Um, I, I like it. Um, it is clearly, um, uh, Superman, Superman meets Terminator. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's the exact plot of Terminator. So um, Superman is going to do some. Superman is going to do something great in the future. So they sent someone back to kill his uh, his ancestor. Yeah, and now yeah. and now someone else has come back from the future to let um, uh, 
this the, the main character know who's the main character? It's his grandfather, right? Not his father. Yeah, Sejel. Yeah. So yeah, so he, to let Sejel know, so Sejel is like our Sarah Connor. Yeah. So I will not yeah. think of the show in any other terms. Uh, <laughs> um, you're gonna have to call him Sarah Connor for me. Right. <laughs> I I don't want to I don't want to get into the Terminator thing because I don't want to be like I don't know. I don't want to give Terminator any credit. I want to be like, yeah, yeah, it does sound like Terminator. Or the things that James Cameron ripped off that Harlan Ellison wrote for The Outer Limits that, you know, anyway. Sure, sure, um, sure. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's been uh, precursors to the Terminator story, but, uh, and, and maybe just direct ripoffs, but Terminator's a great movie. It's a great, uh, very yeah. original vision of, of that whole deal. And then, I don't know, maybe it was directly ripped off. I don't know the Harlan Ellison story, but the version I know is oh, Terminator. Um, uh, it was ripped off from two different segments of The Outer Limits that Harlan Ellison wrote, and James Cameron actually admitted it on tape Yeah, for a Starlog uh, magazine interview from back in the day. That's... And he, he didn't realize the guy that was like interviewing him was friends with Harlan Ellison, and right. the thing wound up going to court. So when you watch Terminator and you see the end credits, you they actually have an acknowledgement of the works of Harlan Ellison and Harlan got a shit ton of money on this settlement amount. Well, that's awesome. Yep. Uh, I, I, so that still doesn't make to me Terminator any less valid <laughs> of a, it, it might even just make it more. So it, it I, was, I was just going to say, it just means that Harlan Ellison should get some credit. Uh, and it sounds like he has now, but, uh, it, yeah. it doesn't make it any less true that that movie's awesome. <laughs> and the story is very groundbreaking. I like T2 a lot more, you know, I do, uh, see, I've always thought, I always felt that way. And then I went back and watched them. And I was like, you know, this first one, int- <laughs> the, the the first one introduces way more ideas than I realized about the story, and the the second one is really just a, a very much just a continuation of the first one. Uh, the second one is all has ton more spectacle, and it has has it's probably more fun than the first. But that first one, for what it is, and being such a sort of a low budget, almost horror movie, um, it it just it it, it develops so many cool ideas about this the uh about the timeline and the future and I love the right. development of the Sarah Connor character. It's just all really good stuff. Well can we at least agree that salvation was garbage? Uh, uh that's the one with um Christian Bale. Christian Bale? Yes. Yes we can all right. oh, good. I'll fight you on three. <laughs> I'll fight you on three. I love three. Yeah. I actually like three better than two and one. Three's three's great. I love three. Um, it, it's the ballsiest ending of all the series, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so I'm glad, glad, you're, glad you're there with yeah. me. Uh, but yeah, 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 I love number three, and um, <laughs> and it has a lot of cool, you know, great spectacle and great fight scenes. Uh, a lot of stuff that makes Terminator Terminator. Yeah. Um, and uh, has the only, has, thing, I think, uh, the only thing about three is I don't feel like it has nearly the amount of heart. The number two mm. does. See, I don't know. I, I really love. I love all the stuff they play with, with her being the one who sent him back, and the fact that uh, that, yeah. like he was already dead. Like, there's a lot of weight to that. That's that's interesting, and the fact that this isn't it is kind of the father figure that he he remembers, but it's not. It's not even the same same way. It's actually the guy. Is this is actually the robot that killed him? Like, it's it's all. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's it's all interesting, and I just. The 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 if it doesn't have heart, it has balls uh, because the the end of the movie right. does such a crazy thing that I just yeah. I'd never seen on a I've never seen a movie in that way. I've seen a lot of movies start that way, and I've never seen a movie in that way. Yeah, 
Um, really, they're just like, oh wait, yeah, they they failed because they weren't supposed to win. But the Terminator fulfilled his fulfilled his role. Yeah. Um. The Terminator, yeah. the Terminator won, which and lied to them, which we we didn't think he could do. Um, yeah. Which it, I think is I think three is such an underrated movie. It's like Twelve Monkeys, but with hope. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's a it's a great um, but then uh, yeah, salvation is garbage, like utter garbage, and uh, yeah. the other one's kind of a mess. But Genesis is kind of a mess, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too, and I they didn't do I a didn't good like enough job like of it, explaining. But I it. <laughs> they didn't do a good enough job of explaining some of the sci-fi elements to me, like, and not not even that they had to explain the elements, but like. Certain I, and to be honest, it's been a while since I've watched it, so I can't even remember. But I, I we we actually covered it on uh, Pursuit of the Trivial, and me and me and Spencer w- w- went and saw it, and we're like, wait, um, why? So if if he could do go back and do this, why didn't he just go back and do this? There's a lot of those kind of questions in that movie yeah. where like, I'm not sure all the motivations here make sense. Uh, yeah, and and, and the the. Terminator one and two are just and three are just really clean, simple stories, and in, in, at the heart of them, they're just chase stories. But it's kind of kind of like um, Mad Max in that way, uh, where you just have like yeah. it's a simple story, but it's it's the what you build around it that makes it interesting and cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ironically, the the Terminator movie with Matt Smith would be the one that is as, as jumbled and incoherent as a Stephen Moffat story. Right? Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. I think that uh, <laughs> number uh, that that Genesis got timey wimey on me, and the the yeah. the uh, Terminator movies were never timey wimey. They're always like we're just here to do this thing, and this uh-huh. is a clear motivation that we have. And it's hard to tell any other kind of story because you do uh, in any kind of media where you you have they they they're always trying to walk the line between you can change the future and you can't change the future, and uh, like you just mentioned, Twelve Monkeys is a beautiful story, but you can only really tell it once. Like that's why there's not a Twelve mm-hmm. Monkeys two or a Thirteen Monkeys. Um, well, there's a TV series. There is a TV series, and I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, but I bet they change the rules of time travel. If I had Probably, to guess, yeah. because I don't know, I, I haven't seen it, but it's, it's one of those stories you can tell it once. I mean, like once that ending happens and you're like, Oh, everything is, everything is everything. It's just not going to change. Then what, what, what motivation does any future story can any future story have, you know, mm-hmm. um, except for it's all going to end that same way. <laughs> Um, yeah. Which is a beautiful and very like Zen thought, and then you're like, and how can I make a sequel? Oh wait, you can't. Yeah. All right. So over to Watchmen. Uh, according to that hashtag show, Watchmen is going to produ- begin production in March over on HBO. It looks like the whole thing is just quietly rolling forward. I look forward to seeing what Damon Lindelof does with that property. Um, I still need to go back and watch the leftovers. <laughs> uh, I have seen it. It's great. Uh, so you say. I'll, I'll have to check it out. Like I wasn't gonna, but then you said they did. They did explain the rapture thing, right? Uh, they do. Do they? Is that what you're asking? Do they? Yeah. Well, uh, spoiler alert for everyone listening. Uh, but yeah, they do. Okay. Because um, I stopped watching because Damon Lindelof explicitly stated that he was not going to. Well, by explain because the book didn't, and by also explain, the smoke monster. <laughs> by explain, what do you mean? That's the. Oh god! Like they explain kind of what causes it. They ex- they don't they uh, don't they don't give like a 
there's never like a person who says I switched, I flipped the switch and made it happen. But uh, there's definitely right. they, they definitely explain what happened, like that it happened, what caused it, and then they explain where the people went. Um, okay, that's and, all I need. And, and and I think that was super interesting. Um, like okay. super, and it, it's 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 only it's literally only in like one scene, but it's it's pretty great. Okay, man, some of the acting on that show is just killer. Yeah, I just i I didn't want a lost situation again. No, it's and it's, when it, Lindahl, when the they stick the landing said, of leftovers. He wasn't gonna okay. Because he came out and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to get into that. I'm like, nah, I'm not watching this. I'm not doing Smoke Monster again. I'm not doing the cork. I'm not doing... <laughs> I'm, I'm out. It definitely has the same, like, basic message that it's not about the mystery. It's about the... It's about the characters. Uh-huh. Um, okay. But they, they, do, they do a better job of explaining everything than Lost did. Okay. All right, and uh, not that we cover this necessarily, but it is at least tangentially DC. So if you care, as Jason does, iZombie is coming back Monday, February 26th. Nice. Um, Now, they did release a clip for the upcoming animated. Actually, it's not even upcoming. It is officially out. You can go and download this right now. Uh, The Scooby-Doo Batman the Brave and the Bold movie. Um, They put out a clip. I loved it. Like, Shaggy and Scooby are running away from this, like, marionette-based ghost character. And, um, they're trying to lead it into a trap that Fred constructed. And, um, but they, they show up too early, and, uh, Batman saves them. And, you know, they're all like, Jinkies, it's Batman! You know? What are you doing here? And he, like, turns to them, he says, with, the, with that great Diedrich Bader voice, I go wherever puppet-related crime rears its ugly head. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen Batman Brave and the Bold, and I I regret it. It's so good. You, you showed you so showed good. me a few episodes, and uh, it's it's like I just never am in the mood to sit there and watch it. But I, I I've wanted to see it for a long time. It's really funny, um, and good, and it'll make you cry and make you feel things for the Batman. You know what I mean? It's it's a solid show. Okay, and this looks really solid too. Um. There's a great bit where he's like, he's like, you need to leave this to professional mystery solvers. You kids need to go home. And Daphne goes, oh, nobody calls us kids. And, and Shay goes, actually, a lot of people do. And usually with the word meddling attached to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's solid, man. It looks good. Awesome. Um, also, they're releasing Teen Titans, the animated series, complete, se- complete first season. And it's available for pre-order now on Blu-ray, WB, uh, the WB shop, and Amazon, and Walmart. Um, and uh, it's going to be released January 23rd. I'm excited about that. Awesome. Uh, we have a little bit of feedback in the TV section. Dr. Steve, our buddy from Weird Medicine, uh, says, Loving Ralph Dibney on The Flash. Also a non-Speed Force villain. Great season. Parentheses, I'm behind. Um, I am not caring for Ralph Dibney. Talking about... Pff, uh, being reminded of Jim Carrey. Um, but you know, I, I want to, I, I love the elongated man, but, uh, yeah. Are you, you're not caught up to that. Are you? No, though, Matt, no, no, okay. no. I'm, I'm not caught up on the TV stuff. Uh, I just couldn't uh, do it this season so far with the album, uh, coming out, by the way, I've got an album coming out, everybody. Uh, but yeah, the album comes yeah. out February 1st and, uh, I have not been able to do pretty much anything else <laughs> except for mm-hmm. the the amount of promotion and uh, work that I'm doing to to uh, 
to to get ready for that has been pretty intense. Uh, even even the cinematic the MCU cast. Um, I'm I'm putting this album out at the exact same time. Uh, Jeff is moving to Tampa, and so these few months wow. these few months that have we we've not been able to cast nearly as often as we normally do. Um, because normally I would like put in the extra work to find a guest host and make some shows happen. But because I'm in the middle of all this, I can't even make that happen, but we're casting tomorrow. So that's exciting. Um, but that's yeah, Matthew Carroll music.com. If you guys want to check out the music, I would really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's solid stuff guys. Yeah. I am very excited. Sounds for good. Thanks man. Yeah. All right. And, uh, you know, if, if uh, anybody heard last week or la- last week, last couple, few weeks ago when we did it on the last show, we've had holidays and sickness and everything. Um, you know, I started a change.org petition to get <laughs> Brent Clark of Fans Without Borders to watch Firefly. So far, 151 people have wow. signed as of this recording. Um, <laughs> and he did send me a picture of Firefly on his iOS device. And said, just thought I would point out that I have not gotten this still. So he's being a dick. Mm. <laughs> but he's he's only hurting himself. Yeah. Um, I'll put up a I'll put a link to the to the petition if any of you guys want to listen. I want to listen. Want to uh, sign? Yeah, do it. Go sign it. I signed I'll, it. Yeah, you signed it. I love you, Brent. Mm-hmm. You're a good man. <laughs> Salt of the earth. Uh, Matthew Salvatore over on Twitter. Uh, brings up uh, a, a strange bit where Jason said that he wanted to, uh, he, he was trying to get in a scene of, of the Titans show that's coming out where he's just handing someone toast. And um, Matthew Salvatore wrote, if Jason's toast scene is cut from Titans, I will start a petition to release the Jason cut. <laughs> Hashtag release the Jason cut. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I've got. Uh, you know, there were other people who, who commented and then like, you know, news became not relevant. So I didn't want to make you guys look stupid or anything. <laughs> or <laughs> That's smart. We, we always read them anyway. Yeah. And then we're like, hey, man, that, you look stupid now. <laughs> not, we should probably, no. probably shouldn't do that. Not do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, thank you for everybody that like, you know, goes out of your way to like leave us comments and, and, uh, reviews and all of the good stuff and uh interacts with us over on twitter we have a lot of fun on twitter uh so dc on screen.com you can find us on twitter you can find us on facebook i think i'm done uh matthew carroll thank you thank so you so much sir for coming in and and uh lending your uh your opinions to our show this week yeah and, no uh, problem man anytime i'd love, love short notice too always love to be on it when i can um just let me know if you ever need anything again. Uh, if you guys want to find my stuff, uh, mcucast.com, where we do the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. We talk about everything Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is super fun. Uh, and if you want to know my uh, my music, is at matthewcarrollmusic.com. Two T's, two R's, two L's. Uh, matthewcarrollmusic.com. We really so excited about the album coming out, and I uh, hope you all can check it out. There's You can actually... Uh, Already pre-ordered on iTunes. You can hear one of the the sample track on iTunes now, and you can pre-order it, or you can pre-order it uh, the physical CD at MatthewCarrollMusic.com, and a T-shirt. Yeah, man. T-shirt looks good. Friend of the cast. T-shirt uh, looks phenomenal. Spencer Roder designed everything. Um, yeah, it's my brother-in-law. Yes, your brother-in-law. He's did a killer job on the design of both the album art and the uh, T-shirt. Yeah. So. 
Spencer's real, a good man. Real, 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 real good man. Salt of the earth. Scholar <laughs> and a gentleman. One day, me and Spencer were uh, riding around town, and for some reason, we kept going, well, you are a gentleman and a scholar, sir. A gentleman and a scholar. And then uh, we, <laughs> we've been doing this for about a week. I don't know. It was just a weird running gag. And then uh, we we drove. We were driving down uh, down down the street, and we saw Sammy's a gentleman's club big sign. <laughs> and I don't even remember what, which one of us did it, but one of us was like, "I wonder if they accept scholars." <laughs> uh, love Spencer. Oh. Check out spencerroder dot com, which probably isn't a thing, but it should be. I mean. He has he, uh, he. The last time I checked, it was. Oh yeah. It used to be. It used to. It used to be. He's one of the only people that has a uh, name that can get his actual. You know, Spencer. Oh nope, nope, it's gone now. Oh it's no, gone now. Spencer, what are you doing? You're selling he shoes and hand, shoes and handbags now. <laughs> that's, uh, at least that's what it looks like on my. I don't know. I'm probably one of those randomly yeah. generated pages, but yeah. It's just trying to sell. Yeah, he used to have a blog, but he he almost never did anything with it. Right. He still is on the pursuit of the trivial podcast, even though that just barely a thing, not really a thing for a long time now. uh, I don't know if you he he's mentioned it. We're actually starting a new podcast together. uh, Really, kinda. We're doing a very short run. He's helping me out. Is really what it is. I'm starting the Matthew Carroll podcast, (laughs) which Uh sounds a little silly, uh, but. uh, it's basically just to to go with my album. It's an album, kind of an album release podcast uh-huh. where we're going to do a podcast right. about every song on the album and kind of talk about the writing process and the recording process and all that stuff. Um, so what's but it's kind of cool because me and Spencer, you know, did the pursue the trivial for so long, kind of getting the band back together there. Um, and if we enjoy it and if we're having a good time, we might keep doing more with it because it's just my name. We can kind of do whatever we want. <laughs> Like, uh-huh. I, I was thinking about it. I was like, "There's all, all there's all, there's a lot of times where I just want to do like a random cast about something because I just want to get it off my chest. Like, I want to talk about Last Jedi, or I want to do this or that. And uh, yeah, I don't have I, since I, the MCU cast isn't really a good place for that. Uh, if I just have the right. Matthew Carroll podcast, it'll be like when I do when I do music stuff, I can like release it on there and I can talk about it. But when I'm just like randomly wanting to talk about Last Jedi in the middle of the night. I can hop on there and have like a random conversation with anyone else. So it's going to be kind of cool. Yeah. So he's going to help me out. Well, with that. you guys could, you guys could check out pursuit of the trivial at pursuit of the trivial.wordpress.com. Yeah. And, uh, right now, if you go over there, you could probably, uh, see some nice advertisements of, uh, for a Coles selling bras. Uh, if, uh, you're lonely or something. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, Pursuit of the Trivial was a great show, and uh, it kind of just became like Spencer calling people and recording the phone call. <laughs> Towards the end there, yeah. got real weird, but it was really enjoyable, and I was one of those on Olympic Ignorance Part 2. Um, <laughs> I was on a few episodes yeah. of, of the show when it was actually in its prime. Um, but yeah. I was on an Olympic Ignorance you one. Guys... And the funny thing was, I think, yeah. I think he was upset at me because I knew too much about the Olympics for some reason. I don't follow it, but he called me like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to make the Olympic ignorance. And the whole point was like, he won't, none of us know anything about the Olympics. And then he called me and I was just like, happened to know too much for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He did like a whole arc Olympic ignorance part one with our friend Nick and part two with me and then part three with you. 
Yeah, um, I thought he did one with his brother too. Did he not? He's done a lot with his brother too. Not 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 with the Olympics, even though they did mention it and I think talked a little bit about I it. I think I'm actually going to bring Pursue the Trivial over to my network on uh on our server uh, Blog Talk. Oh, nice. Because I wish you would revive that show. And we might. We might do more with it. Um, once this album's out, I can do a lot more stuff, probably. Mm-hmm. I hope. I hope I hope my life frees up a little bit and I can um, do more things. I'm, I'm, yeah. I've been, you know, I've, this, this album's allowed me to do a lot of the creative things I wanted to do. Um, but now that it's done, it's like, it's, it's pretty much consumed this entire year. Has been nothing but making right. this album. And maybe if, uh, if, if, you know, I do that every few years, I'm the rest of my life, but on those off years, I hope to be able to pursue some other things, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. Good times. Perhaps something trivial? Maybe. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. DCOnScreen.com. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Do all the things. Bye. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time. TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you maladjusted? Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.